Coaster Kings Radio. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 2 of the Coaster Kings Radio podcast. This time around we're doing a little bit more of a formulaic um, show today. We're going to talk about some of the newest coasters coming to the United States, Asia, Europe, Canada. And before we dive into that, we're going to talk about some of the parks we visited this month. Um, Alex and I went down to um, California for a couple of days. For a family reunion. A family reunion at Disneyland. Lots of little kids. <laughs> Always fun. It was at Disneyland because my family is amazing. And we did character dining, so I guess the fun part was that we got to like eat yeah. like unlimited food and have like Chippendale. Chippendale, like all up in my grill while I'm yep. trying to eat. Every time I was trying to eat pizza, they were like behind me. So yep. that was, I guess, kind of fun. Amazing. <laughs> the kids really liked it. And on that trip, we also went to, to Knott's, where they're currently building Calico River Rapids, the um, the refreshed version of the old Bigfoot Rapids. They're, like, going to start building it. They haven't really... It's just pink flags. And As of right now, it's not much, but we mainly just came for Accelerator, because, you know, it's running consistently. Montezuma's Revenge. Montezuma's Revenge. La Papa Loca. And some fries. The French fries. Other than that, just make me cry. Yeah, I'm sorry. For those who don't know, Sven came to California with us last year, a year ago, actually. Yeah, exactly a year. And um, in true Knott's Berry Farm fashion... Everything that mattered was closed. No accelerator, no Monzuma. The log flume. Signature launch coast was Pony Express for the day. (laughs) (laughs) Hooray. Nick is is here. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Nick is also here today. Nick is past his bedtime. He is being a very good sport. Nick was very good with helping us Nick today at Bush Gardens. <laughs> we just came from Bush Gardens, so we're really tired. Tease, tease. And uh, we also, of course, went to SeaWorld Orlando this month. They're doing Seven Seas Food Festival, which oh is um, so probably the most competitive food festival in the region. Yeah. There's like 35 different food yeah. stands. Yeah, we, we did an article about, basically, I was like, this is better than the Food and Wine Festival at Epcot because... It's set up with tasting cards. It's it's like, the, I would say the food quality is equally good, but it's like set up economically, which I think makes it more fun, especially with the the, car, the tasting card thing. And it's just not as crazy busy. And it's also like, for Floridians, like you don't, it, it, Epcot will treat you the same whether you live here and you're a pass holder or if you're you know, visiting from out of town. Whereas, the Seven Seas Food Festival has a special tasting card that's just for pass holders. It's a really good value. 65 bucks gets you 20 different menu items, and that includes, like, sample size alcohol beverages as well as uh, sample size meal options. So, like, it's a really excellent value, and you can just eat your way around the park through the... Uh, yeah, the besides, besides they're having a lot of options, including vegan market and you know, all sorts of different styles around the world. Mm-hmm. There's also... Um, the portions are really great, so like mm-hmm. we had like three or four tastings, and we were full for a day. Like, Every kiosk also has more. like a signature alcohol and beverage. And it's great because uh, the tasting card, uh, you can buy it. It's 20 punches. If you buy it at the beginning of the event, it's good for the whole run of the event. So you can even bring it back with you later visits. It doesn't expire at the end of the day. You don't have to feel forced to eat everything all at once. Yeah. So you can come back and enjoy it at your leisure. So it started in February, and it continues through the first week end of uh, May. It's yeah, like we're, we're kind we've of, already been three times. Yeah, we're still having to do some punches. We're kind of punches, through so. our 20-punch card, you know. It's, it, it's enough servings. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, smart. It's, it's great. It's enough servings, and like the servings are big enough that you're not going to want to necessarily blow through the punch card in one day or even two days unless you've got like a large group. And, of course, we mm-hmm. uh, made some surprise visits to Walt Disney World, as we like to do. Yeah. Um, one of our biggest achievements was the other day there was a flight of Passage Fast Fast Plus laying around, and we picked it up. Yeah. 
And you we just got sit on the Disney app and refresh for 15 minutes, and we just found them. And we're like, I guess we're going to Animal Kingdom tomorrow because we found these flight of passage. The best way passage. to start your day is flight of sausage or flight passage. Of sa- I, I call it, that's my nickname for the ride for, for no reason. So, how does that work? Did you digitally? Yeah, find so it, how Fast Pass Plus works, for those who don't know, is that Fast Pass Plus is a reservation system. So, people staying on the resort mm-hmm. can book Fast Passes as early as 90 days before their visit. Depending on the tier of hotel yeah. and the region around it, it kind of like creeps up to the date. Our pass holders have a 30-day minimum, but we don't know 30 days in advance yeah. if we're gone. Even then, by 30, 30 days in advance, all of like the good stuff is gone. So all because the good people, stuff is usually gone. Yeah, yeah. People who are planning these trips several months out and staying at the nice hotels get first dibs on stuff like Flight of Passage and Slinky Dog and Frozen and the other really popular Fast Pass rides. But... If but you're lucky, change, yeah. yeah. If you're lucky and like you refresh the app plenty of times, there's people who are canceling reservations to kind of switch them around or you know use it for a later later hour, and then sometimes out of nowhere, one of these you know rare e-ticket attractions becomes available last minute, and as long as you book it right in that window without refreshing, you're guaranteed to get that Fast Pass Plus from Disney. So uh, if you yeah if you spend a good dedicated fifteen minutes twenty minutes on refreshing your app nonstop, <laughs> then you just get lucky and get yourself five passage. It's a fun thing to do while you're at work when <laughs> just play refresh game until <laughs> you get fast passes. And uh, Nick, any parks you've been to lately? Uh, yeah, I mean we've been uh, going to Seven Seas Food Festival as well, seeing some of the concerts. Uh, we saw the Fray in concert earlier. February that was great. We saw uh, Flow awesome. Rider uh, yeah. last weekend, so that was uh, that was enjoyable. Um, we've been making several visits to uh, Fun Spot. We love the Fun Spot parks around here. Uh, it's a great little hangout. At the end of the day, they're open late every night, so you can just pop in for some coaster rides. They got cheap beer. It's a lot of fun. It's the after party for your eight and seven o'clock p.m. closures for the major. Like, Pretty much, yeah. yeah like you come here. you come here for Universal Orlando and Disney, and you stay for Fun Spot. <laughs> Yeah, parks don't mm-hmm. close terribly late compared to California. Like, Disneyland Resort will close at, like, 11 p.m. on a random Tuesday yeah, in February. But the parks at Walt Disney World close quite early compared to that. Mm-hmm. It's much more mm-hmm. resort than Disneyland is. Because they want people to go to, like, Disney Springs and, yeah. you know, things like that. Spend money elsewhere. But people, yeah. yeah, people will go to Fun Spot at 11 p.m. to go see Bumper the Cat, <laughs> um, who is the resident feline that lives at Fun oh, Spot yeah. in Kissimmee. And she's amazing. And everyone should go visit her. She lives underneath the flyers. For those of you wondering, she's very well taken care of. We everyone at Fun Spot loves her. We once ruined Fun Spot's attempt of getting her into a cage to bring her to the fed because yeah. we were too busy trying to get we her attention. So we were fawning over her and we were accidentally luring her out of her cage that she needed to be in so that they could catch her and bring her <laughs> to the vet to make sure that she was up nice and healthy. So uh, Nick, I mean uh, Sven, in your cold wintry Europe, <laughs> what are we finding theme park in... Now, why did you do anything last month? Well, in February, there aren't a lot of theme parks open anymore. Um, basically, there's always Disneyland Paris and Efteling. Uh, and I also um, saw that Blackpool was open in February and that it was a very, very, very busy day. <laughs> but uh, luckily, I was not there. Instead, Blackpool, I... Uh, say that again? Uh, wait, did you say Blackpool Pleasure Beach? Yes. Okay. Oh, wow. Yes, they, they oh, have... Open. Open. Yeah, they have an They're opening open. in February, and um, basically everything oh, you know, was supposed to be I open. I have heard of that before, because like they do that. They do like February for two weeks at like Alton Towers and stuff, too. Like they exactly, yeah. I think they have a kind of holiday there, 
Sorry, UK people, if I get it wrong. But um, so it was very busy because it was a very sunny day. We've we've had some pretty warm days. Like it was 18 degrees Celsius last week, which is very exceptional here in, in winter. Um, but anyway, uh, beginning of February, I went to Disneyland Paris. On one hand, we had uh, the Legends of the Force going on in the Walt Disney Studios. So everything about Star Wars with the highlight at the end of the day, which is the, gar um, the Star Wars Galactic Celebration on the Tower of Terror, which is full in scaffolding, by the way, because um, they still need to repair the facade. And then in the regular park, so in Disneyland Park, they have the Pirates and Princess Festival going on. So it, that's the same event that you guys saw last time. Yeah, that rings a bell. They do that uh, every I think they moved it from like April to like February this year, right? Exactly, yeah. So they have two events Get going on. In on those days. Yeah, because now um, the next event coming up will be Marvel, which also moved from uh, summer to spring. And then in summer they will have the... Um, Rhythm, of, uh, the Lion King, and Rhythm of the Jungle Festival, or just Lion King and Jungle Festival, uh, of course to celebrate the release of the live-action Lion King movie. Um, Is the but uh, Marvel thing in coincidence with the uh, the hotel? Is that what's the status on the Marvel Hotel? Is it open? Um, so I passed by the hotel and it only closed like recently. So it will. It's oh, a project so it's for twenty twenty. Yeah. Oh, okay. But uh, nice. they also yeah. confirmed the closure date for Rock and Roller Coaster, which will be two, September 2nd. Yeah, okay. And yeah, um, so for, for anyone that's not familiar, so the New York Hotel, one of the seven on-site resorts at Disneyland Paris, is, is just, just recently closed now mm -hmm. for its transformation into the Marvel Hotel. Um, and then the Rock and Roller Coaster featuring Aerosmith uh, which is similar to the one at Walt Disney World in Orlando, is, uh, what did you say? It was, it's closing in... September. September? September. So beginning of September. Um, and it's, it's being transformed into an Iron Man uh, roller coaster experience, which sounds amazing. <laughs> and uh, speaking of things that are closed, I'm hearing that Phantom Manor is still closed. Is that correct? Still closed. Yes. Still so closed. when I was there... There were quite some rides closed, which is normal because of the low season. Uh, in the studios, uh, there were only two restaurants open. <laughs> but they also still have the Gourmand, uh, Alloway, yeah, the Gourmand Street uh, open, which is a winter event. And it's inspired by the Food and Wine Festival that they have little stands from France with uh, all kinds of treats. So luckily they still had that. Uh, but beside the restaurants, also uh, Crush's Coaster was closed still. Um, Armageddon, not yet, but that's coming up as well. Uh, Toy Story Playland was open. And then, um, yeah, I think... Oh, yeah, and the Art of Disney Animation, that was the one I was looking for. Uh, that's been closed permanently. So we're waiting for news about what it's going to be, but the chances are that it's going to be like a preview center for the big expansion coming to the Walt Disney Studios. That makes sense. I'm excited for that. Yeah. It's almost like getting a third gate. Like, 
Similar to what, or like gate, the two point five. Well, I feel like the park went from being an additional area to actually being an additional park, which is, I guess, what it always exactly. Be. Yeah, it now the studios, especially with all the scaffolding, it's back to not being a second gate. But once everything will be ready, it will be l- just like Disney's California Adventure. It will be finally a park worth visiting. You know. Yeah, it'll be an exciting, yeah. exciting transformation. It took California Adventure some time to get there, mm-hmm. but it was worth it. It, was worth it the took wait. us even longer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, and yeah, oh, Paris. <laughs> oh, Paris, always uh, getting there last. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also stayed at Village Nature, so I don't know if you know about that, guys, but uh, there is a chain in uh, Europe called Center Parks. And uh, basically, these are little homes where you can sleep for a weekend, a midweek, a week. And it also has a subtropical pool next to it, always indoor. So this one, Village Nature, is um, a cooperation between Center Parks and Disney. So it's pretty large and uh, you really feel that it, it, hasn't have, it doesn't have the nature aspect yet like the other center parks because that's what it's all about it's like you right. um, you stay in the middle of nature um, and uh, have all kind of activities also besides the subtropical pool but this one is like the XL version and uh, the pool has seven slides uh, which where usually they only have two or three um, pretty big, yeah. and well, it's like interesting it's really fancy, that like Airbnb kind of thing you're comparing it with an Airbnb? Maybe. It's more or like a like, vacation park. So yeah, like it's more like a vacation homes. park. Exactly. And um, so they have this promenade with shops. They have the Aquadome. Uh, Aqualagon, actually. And you can walk... up. Like a resort. Up, yeah, it's, it's, it's more like a little enclosed village where, you, where they're all... It's very European. Yeah, there are all apartments all over. Uh, there are playgrounds. There's a farm. Um, so lots of things to do. And I really enjoyed staying there. So uh, it's definitely something else compared to the Disneyland ho- the Disney hotels. Because the first night we stayed at Santa Fe and the bed was so bad. Like, my back hurt the day after. I was pretty disappointed in the hotel experience by Disney. We stayed at the, in 2015, we stayed at the Sequoia, which is like the mid-tier, yeah. one of the mid-tier hotels. And we knew that like the, the Santa Fe and the Cheyenne were like the the lowest, like exactly the, uh, Disney's all-star music resort equivalent of yeah. Disneyland Paris. But they, they, are pre- they were pretty cheap as well because I booked them on booking as mm-hmm. I um, had my annual pass. So... I think we paid like 80 euros for the room, so $100 for one night. So That's not bad. That's not bad. And then my other theme park visit was to Bobby Island, even though it's not Yay. open. But uh, thanks to Pretparken.be, uh, I was able to attend the press event for Fury, uh, which was revealed that day. So, so tell maybe us a little we more about Fury. What, what what can we expect? Yeah, so let's talk about the new coasters. And uh, Fury is um, a brand new Gerslower coaster. 
uh, it will be part of the land of legends. And the land of legends is basically the, the area around the existing typhoon and sledgehammer attraction. So the typhoon the is typhoon also... is a... Yeah. Yeah, it's a Gerslauer Eurofighter. Euro yeah, it, it's not the first, though, but one of the er, uh, earlier ones, yeah. And um, the Sledgehammer is a Huss giant frisbee, which is pretty rare for the area. For Europe. And so the challenge they had was how do we incorporate this new coaster with the other existing rides? And um, together with an external firm, they came up with the Land of Legends, and it's all about the four elements. So uh, there will be a water area with uh, fountains as the attraction so that at least the kids also have something because the other three rides are pretty big. Mm -hmm. um, Typhoon will be the wind area, obviously. Uh, and each area will have a kind of challenge. Like um, in the story, there's a character that uh, needs to be defeated. For Typhoon, it will be a witch. Um, and then if we move over to the Sledgehammer, that will be the Earth theme, where they will have giants. And finally, there's Fury with a dragon. So uh, it's all about fire. And uh, Fury will be almost uh, 2,000 feet long. Am I saying that correctly? <laughs> Probably. It looks about yeah. right. It's, a, it's, it, it's 600 really cool, meters. So. It's one of the newer uh, full-circuit partial shuttle coaster yeah, concepts yeah. where it, it's got a lot going on. It does like a, a shuttle, full, it, does a, it has a backspike shuttle launch and then a, a pretty lengthy middle section of, of top hats and inversions and things of that nature. And then it comes to another... Uh, spike at the end and then it's you know valleys and then people I think they either disembark there or they connect back to the initial point of embarkment and then disembark there but it, like the concept was really cool because it kind of looked like a really really long shuttle coaster but mm -hmm. right in between the two spikes was a little bridge of track bringing mm -hmm. the cars back to, from one spike to the other this is brilliant mm -hmm. I love I love like the these oddball like one and a half shuttle full circuit launch coaster concepts that are coming out because not only do you get more mileage out of your track per dispatch but um, they're more energy efficient. It's cheaper for parks to to build a launch coaster by having these like uh, multi step launch processes instead of having you know the big single singular launch that. Uh, mm -hmm. Usually are not very energy efficient. Can take up a lot of electricity and cost a lot of money. Yeah. Dispatch. So yeah, yeah it, launch coaster. Sorry, go for it, son. Well, it's um, so it's pretty high as well. Like it's one hundred and forty-one feet, which which makes it the highest triple co launch coaster in the Benelux, and it will have a top speed of one hundred and two kilometers per hour. So that's like sixty-three miles per hour, and four inversions. So. It, it will definitely be a, a coaster that it's, it feels like it, it's going to be an infinity coaster somewhere in between, like not the big reason to go, but it's a pretty unique, unique experience, though. I mean, for the park, it's definitely, I think, 
the highest mm-hmm. value coaster mm-hmm. by far. So I'm excited for them. It's like the next natural step after you know having a ride like Typhoon. You know, getting yeah. the, the early concept Eurofighter, and now they have like this the same roughly the same concept, but after over a decade of, of enhancements and adjustments and doing different things like going backwards launches, you know, airtime, new trains. Yeah, it's a good evolution that Belgium is finally getting more unique and and more iconic coasters, like the Netherlands is getting uh, the last few years. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's been a good. That's been a good change for the market for yeah. sure. Thank you, I mean, Netherlands. It's how stagnant like some of these regions were for a little bit, and then suddenly they just exploded again. It just all started. Everything started back over. The parks kind of plateaued. I guess there for a bit, maybe 10 years ago-ish, and we're just kind of... I think in general, just launch coasters are making a big comeback, because I'm looking at the list of new coasters this year, and like over half of them are launch coasters. We were talking mm-hmm. about, you know, Tigris coming to um, Busch Gardens this year, which Nick will talk about for a little bit. Yeah, uh, so that's pretty cool, Tigris coming to Busch Gardens, Tampa. Um, I've never been on a Skyrocket 2 before, so I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, it's something unique for the area down here, there's not really one nearby I think what the closest one is Busch Gardens Williamsburg yeah like so, hour drive, 12 hour drive yeah, yeah. so uh, that'll be pretty cool um, you know it's got three launches um, 60 miles an hour 100 feet tall so it's yeah it'll be pretty cool It's they're billing it as Florida's tallest launch coaster so that's exciting um, and that's coming yeah later this year this spring they still don't have an exact have an date exact for date it yet, yet but probably the next couple months uh, the, the train has arrived so they had the cars on display today during their 60th celebration kickoff, where they also announced details on uh, what's replacing Gwazi. So that was super exciting. Very exciting. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, <laughs> man. So they didn't really announce specific details about it, but they did announce the three records it would be breaking. And uh, so first of all, it's going to be over 200 feet tall. They didn't announce the exact height. But they did say that it would be um, the tallest hybrid coaster in North America. So it will be taller than Steel Vengeance. Mm. Oh, wow. Uh, and then... Sorry, Cedar Point. Yeah, sorry, Cedar Point. But Bye-bye. It's all good. <laughs> uh, and they also announced that it will be the world's steepest hybrid coaster. 91 degrees. 91 degrees drop. is all we'll take for that, yeah. So Already we'll terrified. That. And then it will also degree. be the world's fastest hybrid coaster. So... It's a little confusing there, where it's it's not going to be the world's tallest hybrid coaster, but it'll be the world's fastest hybrid coaster. Um, kind of a, an interesting set of records there, but maybe they'll digging a trench, or maybe that extra one degree on the drop really adds some speed to it. I don't know. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what they announce about uh, uh, Zadra, because I think that's the only other mm-hmm. RMC opening mm-hmm. between yeah. now and Gwazi that could potentially be, be taller. taller. Yeah. So the world's first from the ground up iron horse that's that's coming to uh, Energy Landia in Poland. Yeah. Now the crazy thing yeah. to think is that the Gwazi was originally roughly 100 feet high uh, tall. And right. it's going to be doubling in height so they're building you know, a new superstructure mm-hmm. for it. Presumably a steel superstructure much like Goliath at um, Six Flags Great America. And it was just it was pretty wild when you ride Shikra, currently the tallest coast in the park of 200 feet, and you look to your side, you just cannot imagine the Gwazi plot having a tower sticking out of 200 feet. So whatever they're going to do to that, it's going to be pretty insane. Yeah, it's, it's going to look amazing. And it's like right smack dab in the center of that park when you walk in, so it's going to be quite a centerpiece for them. It's, it's going to look great. 
uh-huh. and what we're seeing with like the no limits concepts that the park released, which are very basic, but enough to give us some pretty solid details. We're looking at like, you know, a, a pretty traditional uh, shape for the first drop, aside from, you know, the steepness of it, but a basic straight first drop, and then like a dirt turn, I guess is, is, would be the implication. Yeah, really low to the ground. Like an I-305 looking deal. Uh, and then just a, a really wild first barrel roll. Perfect for your Florida heat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're going to need... I don't know where the first aid stand is at this park, but it's going to need to be at the exit of this ride because I think the first few months it's going to be uh, a little bit more than people might be bargaining for. I mean, this park has some really intense rides, but is it going to be a 91-degree angle, 200-foot coaster with a dirt turn? Followed by a 540 degree barrel roll under the drop. Possibly. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, like yeah, I don't know. People may come back in the station, you know. I'm not feeling so well. Or not feeling at all. Yeah, I mean, I gray out in the first term Millennium Force, so this is, uh, yeah. <laughs> if that's what ends up happening here, that's going to get you know, me. You know, there's free beer, you know, at this place right now. <laughs> I mean, beer is always flowing. I know, the, the part I'm mix. excited for is that Busch Gardens Tampa is one of the most colorful parks in the U.S. Every single coaster has, like, a different color completely. And one color we hadn't seen yet was purple, and guess Here what? It, it looks like Guazi is gonna be purple. So thanks, Beach Gardens, for taking off yet another color on the list. White? The con- like the concept calls the concept for a white, calls super for white super structure. We don't know if that's just the default. Doesn't seem very the concept. You know, I don't know if they're really gonna theme, go after the, the painstaking uh, labor <laughs> of of painting the Guazi superstructure and all this new superstructure white per the concept. It might look a little better with the purple, but. It also would kind of take away from Bush Gardens' naturalistic color palettes. Now, see. now, this year we're actually looking at one of the biggest new hybrid coasters, which is actually opening in 2019, which is located in Nagashima Spa Land in Japan. Nagoya. How do you pronounce that? Ha- Wait, the name of the ride? Uh, Haikuge? Haikuge. Hybrid Coaster Haikuge is the official name. In the concept, it all like they have this concept poster released, and it's like this really wild, crazily photoshopped looking thing, and like everything's yeah. overexposed and deliberately blurry. For those of you white girls that know this white wheel, <laughs> it is going around as white wheel as well, but it's actually themed to a. It's themed anime. to a, 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 yeah. From my understanding, it's themed to. I did some research on like the name because it you know what was coming up was the the literal translation is is Moby Dick, um, <laughs> and we're like okay. Um, and so, looking up, um, like, what this could possibly mean, there's an, an anime, like, a, a space opera, of course, uh, from the 90s, uh, called Haikuge, and it, it's not actually, uh, as, as a space opera would imply, isn't, uh, you know, about, like, an actual Moby Dick-style adamant, uh, adaptation on the sea, but rather space pirates who, um... Are, are kind of drifting about in the cosmos, um, harvesting supplies from abandoned megaships that are referred to in the series as, as great white whales or haikuge. So, so only in Japan will you be experiencing <laughs> that entire pre-experience to just find out what the rest of the most Japanese thing conceivable, like the most Japanese thing that has ever Japan, and we're very, we're very, Japan. we're very, very excited for this ride. It, like, some people are calling it the Japanese Steel Vengeance, and I think that's just because people often call Nagashima Spa Land the Japanese Cedar Point. It's an easy association to make. That's one that we often made because it's got 
the giant Giga Coaster that is basically a perfect cross of Magnum XL 200 and Millennium Force. Uh, huge collection of rides, classics, modern stuff. Everything's very well maintained, very pretty. It's on the water. It doesn't not have numerous Cedar Point similarities, and now we have one more. But I don't think the ride will be much like Steel Vengeance. It looks a little tame compared to Steel Vengeance, but it looks like the market really isn't looking for Steel Vengeance. I just don't think the Japanese are interested in that. They just got a Rushi, which is an SNS free spin. And that thing is they got absolutely that thing out, out of control. Man. Like, you flip like at least eight, if not like ten times. We were expecting on the cycle. something a little more mild because a lot of the rides in Japan are mild. They're I get the simple layout. I did not know where I was. And we were like, okay, like we've ridden the, the Six Flags ones, the Jokers, and like Batman and Fiesta Texas. This thing was out for blood. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, I mean, some you could pop a blood vessel in your eye riding this thing. We were just so not expecting it just based on how gentle and, and meandering a lot of Japan's coasters are and like things are pretty straightforward and culturally people like to know what to expect you know like like at Tokyo Disney Sea the, the looping coaster Raging Spirits has a little marquee at the front of the ride making it blatantly obvious that there's a loop in the ride like a little animated looping marquee that's like this ride has a loop it goes upside down like we want you to know about this so that you don't freak out later when you're riding the ride and you go upside down and that's exactly why Kugi will not be <laughs> like still vengeance so for that you're gonna have to come to Florida <laughs> so tell us guys yeah. when are you going um, so we're already kind of like spending, planning a little spa spa visit to Nagashima Spa <laughs> Land. Because in case you don't like roller coasters there is a spa that's like like a real spa like a real big spa Med resort spa. That kind of splits the water park from the main theme park. Um, so we're planning a little spa visit with the hope that the RMC is running the way it's supposed to run. That's and we'll probably wait additionally. We really like Nagoya. We it's, do like Nagoya a lot. Tokyo is, like, so big and fast-paced and wild. And uh, Nagoya it's is... It's very Tokyo. Is, yeah. <laughs> Nagoya is just a lot more relaxed. It's more calm. We really like the, the vibe there. And the very clean and safe, but you don't feel like you're rushed the entire yeah, time. So Nagoya is a great as, place not, for not a spa. Not frenetic as, like, Tokyo. It's not going to seem a We were there for a day, and we had more than enough time to do everything we wanted, but we just liked the park so much that... It's not a very big park. People think of, like... Fujikyu Highland or Nagashima Spaland as these mega Japanese parks, they're like the size of a good size American water small. park. They're not very big. Okay. <laughs> they just fit everything kind of in there. They're space efficient. But they, they have huge rides, but not exactly massive midway. Yeah, like the, the midway network is really small. You can get around, you can walk the entire circle on Nagashima Spaland within like 10 minutes. Like Fujikyu Highland, like with the exception of Ijinika, like the major coasters, Danopa, Fujiyama and Takabisha, they're all right next to each other. They're all within one like, minute walk from each like other. Like, within if, a few if, paces yeah. of each other. They're just right there, on top of each other, practically. So do and, I think um, more like Fantasialand compact, or...? So not necessarily when it comes to, like, having multi-levels of attractions. Mm, it is more okay. kind of like, um, everything is flat, and everything is pretty basic. There's not a whole lot of theming going on. Like, they have mm-hmm. some painted concrete, perhaps. It's mm-hmm. just that the midways are pretty efficient, and the rides kind of, like go out into, like, outfields, and then, you know, the midways kind of have all the entrances lined up on them, but there's no, you know, no rides are really in the middle of the park. All the rides are kind of, mm-hmm. like, circling around. It's actually like a spot land is set up almost like a city block. Like, it's a, it's like a grid mm-hmm. middle of the park that has, like, all the flat rides. They're just so, like, beautifully even. It's almost like Roller Coaster Tycoon. You look at it from, like, mm-hmm. the Ferris wheel, and everything is just so evenly compartmentalized and organized, like, and then there's, you know, there's a coaster kind of, here or there within the midway, but most of them are, are, are out on the edges. 
Yeah, even when you try to cut through coasters, there's just like parallel midways, like three of them crossing underneath the lift hill of um, Steel Dragon. It's it's really compartmentalized, but it makes it easy. You can just kind of walk around the park, and you know where you are. There's no getting lost, which... Haikuga is yeah, located towards nice. the back of the park, and like it, it has its own midway, but that was closed off to the public um, for the construction of the ride. But again, just it's just a midway that kind of wraps around the Ferris wheel and um, like a majority of the other uh, major attractions. They don't have a big presence at the park, even though it's a park that's sharing it, the skyline very snugly with some other major, very tall attractions, like not just mm-hmm. Steel Dragon 2000, but their 200-foot Ferris wheel and some of the other larger tower attractions and things there. I don't have mm-hmm. a great presence. I think it'll be a great ride. I hope it's a good fit. I hope that even like a mild RMC isn't too aggressive for. I think I kind of like the idea of not having another RMC that's just ejector airtime. Yeah. Because RMCs do tend to run together with the same sort of elements over yeah, and over. Wash, rinse, repeat. But if you're gonna like try and make a mild RMC, I think you got yourself a unique coaster. I'm yeah. excited for it. I think I expect it to be very Japanese in the execution. A well, let's coaster by RMC. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's finish up the RMC list with uh, the European one, which is Untamed, coming to Walibi Holland. Um, so it will be the first iBox track uh, RMC for Europe, because the only other RMC is Wildfire. Uh, and um, they've been releasing videos uh, of making off videos, uh, teasing with the elements, and um, so far we know that it will be the RMC with the most inversions, which is five. Um, we also know that the first one will be a step-up underflip. And if I look that up correctly, the Joker already has that. Correct. Joker Discovery Kingdom has that. Yeah, so, so after the drop, you have a little bunny hop and then you go oh, into that okay. inversion. Yeah, so what it really is, is like you make almost a full inversion upward, and then you level out on the top on the way back down. Mm-hmm, so if mm-hmm. that kind of makes sense to people, like you've already rotated about 300 degrees by the time you reach the height of the element, and then you kind of curve back down. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, yeah. Like, no joke. Okay. Yeah. Okay, gotcha, okay. Which makes sense for the element, now I think about yeah. it. Yeah. We really liked Robin Hood when we wrote it, uh, right before it closed. We were there... Ten months ago? Yeah, April. And we were like, let's get some quality rides on this, because it's about to be... We, it hadn't been officially mm-hmm. announced, but we kind of we kind of knew yeah. what was happening. And they were like, all right, this ride's going to be toast. There's no guarantee that it's even going to be in decent shape. I mean, I remember having having much worse days when I was younger. It was great. But it ran pretty good. We rode it three times. Like, I had never been there. Sean hadn't been in a while. But we still... We prioritized it quite a bit. Not just because it was going away, but because I, I really genuinely liked it. It was one of only three uh, wooden coasters designed by Vacoma. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, so now there's, there's two left, one of them up in uh, Scandinavia, up in uh, Norway, uh, which I also rode, and was, I think it was a great ride. It's a thunder, thunder coaster. They got, that one yeah. has timber liners now. So that one got retracted. It's got the, the Gravity Craft timber liner trains on it. The last example... Now of the Vacoma wooden coaster rolling stock is on Loop Garou, Loop Garou at Wallaby, Belgium. So it's the last Veerwolf in Dutch. One of two <laughs> Veerwolf. <laughs> yeah, Veerwolf. Yeah, it's two names for two markets. The last uh, one, one of the last two Vacoma wooden coasters, and the only remaining example of the wooden coaster rolling right. stock from yeah. Vacoma. Yeah, it also so, has its rough days, but um, oh, sure. 
and they will include it in a new area uh, in the five-year master plan for Walibi Belgium. But mm-hmm. uh, maybe they'll change up the station a bit. Otherwise, uh, they, they will make sure that there's more viewing points as well because there will be a road underneath the werewolf connecting it to the vampire because now mm-hmm. there's... It's a oh. little detour that you need to do. It's it's very much in the corner, and they want mm-hmm. to make it one more New Orleans-inspired uh, area. Also adding back the Cocosinel, which is mm-hmm. a very small Tivoli, um, right next to the Loup Garou. So it will look incredibly small in, <laughs> next to so that, a coaster yeah, the like vampire, that. For those of you who don't know, that's the uh, Vacoma SLC that's right at the very front of Wallaby, Belgium, like if you take a hard right from the entrance, if my recollection of the mm-hmm. park from Roller Coaster Tycoon 2 is yes. still accurate. Yes, right. Loop-Garou <laughs> <laughs> is pretty much right there. Uh, like, you mean uh, Vampire? Or, um, well, yeah, loop is right there too, isn't it? Or like, yes. Kind of close yes. to each other. But like Vampire, Loop-Garou is like a soft right from the entrance, and like Vampire is like a hard right. So this new Midway expansion will, will uh, open up access to uh, Vampire which has always been one of their major attractions. Now, when it comes to Untamed, Sven, um, mm-hmm. for those who haven't really been following it closely, what kind of other elements have been announced so far? Um, I think the Step Under Flip was the last one. I know it goes back into um, non-inversions. I think it's a banked... Uh, it's just a banked turn, but almost 90 degrees. So, um, and then back forward. But the other elements are still secret, so I'm supposing that with the next uh, making of video, they will do the next bunch of uh, reveals, because we still have four inversions to know about. Um, And yeah, when the train exits the station, there's also a little banked turn um, up to the lift hill, which will be uh, a total of almost 120 feet high and the drop will be 116 feet so it's not like the most impressive stats but uh, I think every European fan is super excited because it will be only the second RMC and for many the most accessible RMC as well I mean, last thing I expected from Robin Hood is to be able to pull all those elements off because it's not a very big ride so I'm excited for it as well I was, it, I think it's pretty lengthy, and I there was there's one turning point where I'm expecting a kind of cobra roll element, um, but uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. And then next on our list will be um, we're gonna go back to the uh, to the US for a second. And uh, speaking of, of our RMC bases, yeah. So now we've done all of our all of our RMC announcements. We're gonna talk about another coast that we technically don't know very much about. But we also kind of do. It's going to be Hagrid's... Uh, hold up, we're going to have to... Hagrid's, Hagrid's Magical, Magical Creatures, Creatures Motorbike Motor Adventure. Okay, so it is Motorbike. Mm. Why? Is, motor, is it Motorcycle? No. It's Motorbike. Okay. Motorbike adventure. Why are those names always so long? J.K. Rowling. I mean, like, <laughs> they could have literally just been Hagrid's Motorbike Adventure. It would have been 100% fine with me. But I guess Magical Creatures are a very, very important part of the attraction. So that's mm-hmm. why they put in the name. So yeah, it looks there, like the line. There's been, supposed to be a lot of like animatronics. Yeah, it looks like this is a, a Universal claims it's going to be their their most highly themed coast experience they've ever opened. 
which mm-hmm. is pretty promising. Um, given that Kareem got to technically go there, and I think it's yeah. pretty good. So um, we're expecting a lot of physical scenes. Looks like there's going to be five launches, a drop track, a spike. Two drop tracks, like a dueling drop track. Dueling drop tracks. One drop track per ride, but there's two chambers for capacity. You know, oh. Intimates, you better have two. <laughs> yeah, have, always have a backup <laughs> if it's an Intimate. And it uh, looks like we're looking at five launches, um, a pre-show or a queue that's likely going to be themed, um, as to what the latest rumors say, to entering Hogwarts, but going through the buildings that Forbidden Journey doesn't take you through. So you're going to do a little bit more of Hogwarts exploring, except um, not what you've already seen going on Harry Potter and Forbidden Journey. So as of now, nothing is really like you know set in stone, except for the fact that it's opening on my birthday, June 13th this year. Super excited, got the day planned Hooray. off, just to go right there. <laughs> what? So, um, other than the opening being really soon, and they have been pretty quiet about the ride. Runs. They've already been testing it, like, so... Happy birthday to you, the ride's down. <laughs> happy birthday to you, the <laughs> ride's down. I mean, it's, it is intimate, after all. Yeah. I'm going in with expectations. Um, so, we're excited for that. That's coming to, uh, to Orlando, as well as, of course, um, Guardians of the Galaxy opening next year. And we know even less about that. I don't yeah. think we know anything about that. They've been besides keeping it secret. Pretty, the Disney's done a pretty good job of, of keeping details secret. There's, it's a giant show building. It's pretty yeah, much as big as Spaceship Earth. The show building is ridiculous. It is so huge. I mean, it's it's about as big as Disney has ever built show building. Like, it's just I big. Mean, Pirates of the Caribbean, Shanghai-sized show, show building. building. They said it's going to be their longest coaster? Longest, longest indoor coast in the world. Yeah. And what we do know at this point is it's going to be... Vacoma, obviously, and then they're going to use special designed MK1212 trains, the lovely Vesper train, the restraints, um, and, they spin. and they're going to be spinning, controlled and uncontrolled. Yeah, so it's 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 a next generation launched spinning coaster. They're going to cover all their bases here because they've got they've got the launched family coaster, Slinky Dog, launched looping coaster in the dark, rock and roll coaster. Uh, we got a launched spinning coaster, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and then we're going to have our launched motorcycle coaster. Motorcycle coaster, which is definitely, you know, the reason Hagrid's <laughs> Magic Creature is happening. Yeah. We feel like Hagrid's motorbike coaster is sort of a preemptive strike against Tron, because everybody is familiar with, you know, everyone in the industry, I should say, is pretty familiar with uh, what Disney accomplished with Tron Lightcycle Power Run in Shanghai. Um, and so it's pretty much the balls in everyone other everyone other park's court to, uh, to, to try to get on top of the uh, incredible marketing prowess that that thing will bring. And I think that maybe people aren't expecting it, but I really think that the focus of Guardians will be a lot more of a thrill focus, as with Tron, will never be the thrill coaster that people expect it to be. It'll always be about, you know, the scenicness, the, the scenes, the visuals. The aesthetic. The aesthetic. So Tron will definitely be a, what it looks like right now, a more family-friendly attraction. Um, but we are getting a little bit of a change in Tron, and it looks like, from the latest I've seen and heard, is that our entry, so right after the first launch on Tron Light Cycle Power Run, would actually be a different kind of curve than we're seeing in Shanghai, and that's because um, apparently there's not enough space um, to put in the big overbank oh. turn and S-turn, so it looks like they're going to go a little bit higher up and make more of an S-turn in the beginning. So we'll, we'll, we'll see some more important changes. So it's not... We're, it's looking less and less like a perfect clone. Of it is Shanghai, definitely not going right? to be a perfect clone, not Q-wise, uh, but also track-wise. Yeah. Like there's a few differences um, as far as we know now. So we're excited for that. Um, there's just lots exciting. going on in this market. Kind of talks, this kind of plays to what we were talking about, about how like launch coasters were not just a flash in the pan. 
Uh, it's not about parks building their designated launch coaster and having their launch coaster and this is it. This is launch, launch coasters coaster. are, are, are launches are replacing mm-hmm. lift hills now. Yeah, for... now it's like well, you have to have this kind of launch coaster and that kind of launch coaster. But mm-hmm. launch coasters do not overlap when it comes to marketing anymore. It's not about just having the launch coaster. It's about this is a shuttle launch coaster. This is a launch coaster where you sit like this. This launch coaster spins. This one goes upside down. Disney has learned that it's a lot easier to tell a story with a ride that just takes off with no delay than it is to tell a story with a roller coaster that has a traditional lift hill. In addition, we were even seeing changes to like newer concepts of launch coasters. Um, Hagrid's you know, magical creature motorbike adventure isn't going to be just... <laughs> I it pulled up on the laptop. I'll be over here so I can read it. So like, it's not just going to have motorcycle kind of seating. It's also going to have regular seats. So it's combining all of it. It's yeah, doing, it's little, it's doing like, everything you mm-hmm. possibly do, including seating side positions. Sidecar, which is so smart. I must have that. That'll be my first thing. I'll be in the sidecar, honestly. I'll be in the sidecar. Not for real. No. You can switch. Um, because honestly, I love the motorcycle coasters. Like Tron is way better and way more comfortable than like most of the motorcycle coasters. But those are rough on your glutes and your hamstrings. You get you get sore riding on those things on like your inner legs. And I'm like, oh, I just want to sit normal. Like I want to ride this roller coaster and enjoy it sitting down on my butt with a lap bar like a normal person. Well, that um, you can do on Max Force. Max Force. <laughs> and what is Max Force? Nice transition. <laughs> I still had a question though. What do oh, you think boy. will be better, Hagrid's Guardians or, or no, Hagrid's or Tron? Oh, oh my God, Sven, don't do this to me. Tron okay. is our favorite thing in the world. So, so Tron, we love Tron to death, but we have a personal attachment to Tron. Yeah. I think that Tr- Tron is very short. Like Tron is very visual, very amazing, amazing pre-show. But Universal has really proven themselves that with the Harry Potter franchise, they've been able to pull off Disney level, if not higher level, of commitment to theming and experience. So as of right now. It's I'm going to say that overall, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Hagrid turns out to be the better overall experience. Objectively. Objectively. Mm-hmm. I think we'll always Not for me Tron personally, more. but objectively. Tron yes. will always be like our family crest. It's all over our apartment. It's our favorite. Black and blue. Right? Like, we love this ride so much. But subjectively, I think but, that yeah. Hagrid's. We're not going to pretend. If Hagrid's is like objectively a better ride, like, we're not going to pretend that Tron is just better just because we love it. Like, mm-hmm. we want to be. You know, Honestly. transparent, yeah, and uh, you know, have critical analysis that is separate from our emotional attachments of things. I mean, Hagrid's looks really good already. Like, oh, I'm really yeah. stoked for it. Everyone mm-hmm. who doesn't like it because of dragons, I'm sorry, get over it. But <laughs> I'm really, really excited for yeah. Hagrid's. Come people on. are still people. I know, okay, like I get it. Like, there's there's valid reasons to be sad, but like, okay, let's talk about. It's not Hagrid's coaster's fault that dueling dragons is gone. Let's not. Uh, mm-hmm slight the coaster for something that it didn't do. It's not the coaster's fault. So let's enjoy it for what it is. And uh, I think it's going to be great. I think it'll be, I think it'll end up, what I'm not, what I'm not uncertain about is I think it'll be the best of the Harry Potter attractions, period. Hmm. What do you think, Nick? I mean, you open for Journey. You have a journey. It's got a special place in my heart. That that it's an amazing ride system. It's just, it's a crazy ride. It does so much all in one package. It's gonna be hard to beat that with a roller coaster. I know it's gonna have show scenes. I know it's gonna well, do all kinds of. it because it's a roller coaster uh, instead of a whatever. I mean, that's where bonus differ. It's a coaster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it'll be it'll be cool for sure. I'm very excited for it. I can't wait to see what it's uh, what it's all about when it opens. 
And so now we will transition okay, into our next launch coaster okay. because we have a list of launch coasters. We're very excited. Uh, Max Force, honest, honest to God, Max Force is the 2019 attraction that I'm by far the most excited about, realistically, because uh, the SNS powered launch coasters are, you know, they. I think we t- we may have talked about this a little bit in the last podcast about just how like they they were way ahead of their time. King's Dominion, obviously, they went for it. And Hypersonic XLC tripped and fell on its face. Uh, lasted six years, uh, came and went. Pretty short little speed bump on the on the on the timeline of this park. Um, I think people will forever remember the, the unceremonious departure of Volcano more than they'll remember too soon. Um, the too Hypersonic soon. XLC saga uh, at that park. But I digress. Um, the SNS launch coasters making their way back to uh, Western Hemisphere is so exciting because for anyone who's been fortunate enough to ride uh, an SNS uh, launch coaster, I, um, the Powder Keg at uh, Silverdower City is such a, an amazing ride. Um, even though it's a family coaster, like that thing has pep to it. The launches on compressed air coasters are so inherently different than like a pneumatic launch, like a hydraulic launch, because a vast majority of your acceleration happens at the beginning of the launch sequence as opposed to being built up steadily as the launch occurs. It's, it's, it doesn't sound like it would make that much of a difference, but when you're riding it and you feel like your chest cavity is going to implode because the acceleration yeah. is so aggressive, like that, it makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. We were, it just feels like a big bang on your chest. And yeah. Like, well, <laughs> when well, when we rode Dolorampa <laughs> at FujiQ, we were... I was a little disappointed. I was expecting the launch to feel a little more intense. We have theories that maybe the ride has been altered to go slower since it reopened in 2018 with the vertical loop. loop. Um, And our reasoning for that is because the ride has no operational need to achieve 111 miles per hour. It hits that mark and then immediately hits brakes anyway. So... We think that maybe once they opened it, once the fanfare died down, there's just no need for them to have to maintain that uh, launch power. Because uh, based on our ride on Dolgodampa, I feel like uh, the launch on like Accelerator at Knott's Berry Farm is just as good, if, if not better. And the, the launch on the compressed air coaster in South China at Happy Valley in Shenzhen, which I was fortunate enough to ride in 2015, that is still the best launch I've ever been on. That was so intense that, like, my peripheral vision just completely cracked out. Like, I have no visual recollection of the launch on that ride. I rode it twice. It was like we were on the launch track, and then, like, silver, gray, tunnel vision blur, and we're at the top of the 200-foot top hat. Both times. I don't actually remember taking off. Now, the thing I'm most excited for Max for isn't just the launch. It's actually the fact that I feel like usually launch coasters that are so solely focused on the launch being the main experience, they kind of lack everything else, like the Dodompa, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Now, the great thing about Max Force is, is they pack in five inversions in a super short track. It's a full So it's going to do a full, it's going to do full coast elements. It's going to have the world's fastest inversion. It's going to launch to 70 miles per hour in just two seconds. And it's going to have a little tiny airtime hill before entering the first two inversions. So overall, like, I'm excited for the launch, sure. But the launch will be like literally two this seconds. This thing is just, I mean, the, the whole entire ride does a concept, whole lot more. It's just bonkers. Like, I'm so glad they're really going for it. Uh, because I think this attraction, it could either go really, really well and could be like a top tier coaster for the whole continent. 
Or it, it could be a total disaster. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, either on an operational level yeah. or a writer comfort level. Like, it's really hard to know when you do something with a design that's this dramatically unfamiliar uh, and uncommon based on, on things that already exist. There was, there was not... This isn't... Even though the closest thing we have to compare this to is, like, the, the ones in China, like the one that I wrote, the ones in China still have a... They have a nice launch and a 200-foot top hat, and then the rest of the ride kind of operates like a small hypercoaster. You got three or four nice hills. Uh, you've got a, a overbank turn, nice laterals, nice negative Gs, a helix at the end, and it's over. Still like an amazing launch concept, a very simple but effective design, and the ride's over. This thing would have an unorthodox layout, even if it wasn't a launch coaster. If you ta- if you ta- every them, single element is doing is actually a new element. Yeah, like this, everything is just they've completely rewritten the elements on this thing. If you had just tacked a lift hill onto this thing and 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 sent it off where the lift would be, or where the launch would be, it would still be like just a wildly outlandish concept. So they're 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 really really going for it. Like this is a ballsy move for them. It feels a lot like the kind of stuff Six Flags was doing twenty years ago. Really ambitious, like power moves. It's like, like it's nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nineteen ninety nine all <laughs> over again. That's kind of the theme of this year. We've decided. And another great thing about the fact that this Chicago based or Milwaukee ish based. New roller coaster is actually already like halfway done with construction. Well, West Coast Racers hasn't even started yet. <laughs> yeah. So while Congrats Max Force has been, even though Chicago was like a wind chill of negative fifty degrees, you know, a few weeks ago. I mean, they're having Chicago's having one of the coldest winters on record. They're still, they still appear to be building that ride uh, on track, and uh, lovely Southern California weather is is no match for the operational sluggishness. <laughs> Of the the contractor team uh, responsible for West Coast Racers. But before we get into details of West Coast Racers, there's a launch coast in Europe opening. <laughs> Taiga, is that correct? That is correct. I think it's Taiga, yeah. At Linnanmaki. Not sure if that is correct, though. <laughs> At Linnanmaki. Yeah, I love that part. Linnanmaki. Linnanmaki in, in Helsinki. Yes. <laughs> Too many E's. On the mountaintop. <laughs> a little hilltop park. Every coaster there is like a thousand That's a long. small park. It's a very compact park. It's super cute. Um, interesting collection of rides. I think this new one is going to be their best one. Yeah, it really looks like an iconic ride. It makes me think of like a combination of Tar on, on one hand and Blue Fire at Europa Park on the other hand. That sounds uh, amazing. And so um, Taiga is like, it's one of the few Intamin projects going on, right? Like, this well, is the year... Yeah, that there's a lot of Asia yeah. Intamin, and there is, obviously, uh, Hagrid. Hagrid. But yeah, Intamin isn't in the spotlight yeah. that much right now. Right now, it's a lot of Vekoma <laughs> and a lot of Mac. Yeah, I, I feel like and this is the year power. for alternative, let, let, between brackets, alternative uh, constructors. Because yeah. the, the major coasters in, in America also aren't B&M or Intamin. But uh, so it's an interesting year to see uh, what those manufacturers can come up with. Yeah, stuff but like here, SNS and Premier. Exactly, but here, so Taiga uh, launch coaster, it starts with the first launch, which will take it up to a zero G winder, and then after a few turns, it already goes into the second launch with. Um, a top hat with outside banking. Uh, 
And uh, then it also has a dive loop. It will have an Immelman and an inline twist, so a total of four inversions. Uh, it looks... I, I like coasters that are compact but have intense elements, so this seems like that will be exactly the case. And uh, it, it does also have some extra airtime moments, like a little bunny hop as well. Uh, so I'm planning my trip to Helsinki soon. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. I mean, the layout looks really long for what I could have ever imagined for the park. For that park. Mm-hmm. So this is, must be their biggest capital investment. Everything, I mean, they've got a, uh, a small uh, Intamin Zaxton, like the little one. They've got a, a Mauer Manufacturing X-Car coaster. I mean, both of these coasters are less than 1,000 feet. They've got a, mm-hmm. a, an indoor coaster, like a little Space Mountain tech thing that's also quite short. Um, mm-hmm. And then a couple of other oddball, like small steel coasters. So this is like this is a great move for them. It's replacing uh, another very short coaster, uh, a Premier Rides liquid coaster, which was their ill Premier's ill-fated water coaster concept, um, which was also built at uh, Silver Dollar City and was replaced with the SNS powder keg. Um, I was surprised that the one in Finland lasted as long as it did, considering the one at Sovodar City had, had so many problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this new ride is, is really uh, going to be an impressive uh, coaster, not just for the park's lineup, but um, for, the, for the country. And um, I think that, I mean, it's great at Intamin's doing more launch coasters, and I think in some cases I do prefer to launch coasters. But it looks like, as of right now, um, Mac is doing, doing the big business. We're having Carperhead Strike open. What day is opening, Nick? Uh, I believe it's March 22nd that's, that's opening. It's coming up soon. Like three weeks. So yeah, three weeks opening. So Nick's going to go. He's going to go. He's going to be the first to ride it from all of us. Nick will be the first person ever. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I'll be up there in, uh, in early ever. April to take a, take a look at that. I'm, I'm pretty excited. Uh, that ride looks great, actually. Um, Joe Joel right out of the station. That should be fun. Uh, first launch is only 42 miles an hour, so the testing videos right now are like the internet's freaking out it's like oh it looks so slow it does look uh, slow but Copperhead I mean slug. it might give you some cool hang time in that loop uh, and that second launch with the it's it's not just like a straight launch well it's a straight launch but it's it's on a hill like you go up and down a bit and then into that inverted top hat so real excited to check that one out I'm real excited to get back to Carowinds uh, Fury 55 it's, it's a great ride Afterburn's <laughs> a lot of fun so it's okay I think if we'll go into Copperhead Stride with the right expectations not like over expecting you get a yeah. really good ride out of it. Yeah. I think it'll be much like Star Trek in Germany, where it's going to be not very airtime-focused, not very intense, but if you're going with right expectations, lovely ride. Exactly, because most Mac launch like, coasters okay. aren't, like, that intense. The launch is... It, it's exactly what you explained with the Donpa. Um, the, the, mm-hmm. um, the acceleration per second isn't that fast. So... That's why in Blue Fire it's not too bad. You need to get used to it a little bit, but that was one of also my thoughts on on uh, Icon at Blackpool. Um, it just didn't pack the punch that I wanted it to have. So exactly that expectation uh, sh- you shouldn't have for Copperhead Strike need as well. I think people have like declared it or they've decided mm-hmm. that we're, like we're getting the American. Helix at Leesburg, and I'm just, I'm like, no, guys, like, mm, uh, lower, no. okay, 
Copperhead's Drag is going to be great in its own right. It's not going to be I'm just excited that it's going to have two vertical loops because I feel like vertical loops are easily discounted for nowadays. No one wants to put a vertical mm-hmm. loop anymore. They're almost perfectly circular. These are nice little circular vertical loops. That, those are my mm-hmm. favorite parts, I think. And it's a really nice homage to the uh, White Lightning Schwarzkopf shuttle loop that Who's used there? to be there. It's actually the first launch and loop is, is taken directly um, from that Schwarzkopf shuttle loop concept as like a oh. homage to one of the park's Original nice. thrill rides, and that was obviously this was 1977, I believe, when they built that one, and that was that was really early in the uh, launch coaster uh, timeline there. Um, and the, the coaster they they lost it in the mid late 80s, and they had never did get another launch coaster back until now. It's been three decades since they've had a launch coaster, so it's, it's very exciting for them. And kudos to Cedar Fair for having the ride finished like early. The ride was finished late last year. It yeah, has been done. testing. It is opening <laughs> in a couple of weeks, and it's not just Copperhead Strike. It's also Yukon Striker in Canada's Wonderland, another Cedar Fair property. That ride is pretty much completed. They are planning an opening, I believe, in May mm-hmm. as the park's opening this year. Um, so, what exactly are we looking at when it comes to Yukon Striker? So, uh, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of dive coasters, but this one does look uh, pretty interesting. It's it's doing a couple of new things. It's got uh, it's got the tallest drop. It's not the tallest dive coaster but it does have the tallest drop as it goes through uh, the lagoon and in between vortex, uh, vortex. yeah they're, they're uh, aero suspended coasters mm-hmm. so that looks really cool um, and uh, did I mention the vertical loop already? no no, no. no. so yeah it's got it's a, a vertical, vertical loop, loop. So finally roller coaster tycoon is accurate yeah, for, yeah. For <laughs> over vertical loop on for a dive coaster. For 20 years, you've been able to put a vertical loop on a dive coaster, a roller coaster tycoon, and now it finally Many happened. said it would never happen, but yeah. here we are. Here we are. Here we are. I'm really curious what it's going to look like. Yeah. And it, it's, it's got a cool layout because it's, it's almost kind of like an out and back where it goes down to the loop and makes the loop back around. That vertical loop is like supposedly an homage to Skyrider, the stand-up coaster from Togo. Cedar Fair. Yeah. They are, they are, Cedar Fair <laughs> is all about these little hints. I mean, that's like... When they built Hang Time, they're like, okay, this element is related to Corkscrew, and this element put a is the boomerang. Hammerhead <laughs> and a Cobra Roll, all because of previous All because of previous attractions. Cedar of Fair has gotten, they have really doubled down on the nostalgia factor. So everything that is old is new again. Everything that is new is paying respects and careful nods and, and subtle hints to uh, the way uh, things, things in the past, previous attractions, major marquee attractions. The uh, Skyrider stand-up coaster was the first ride that uh, Canada's Wonderland, the first coaster that Canada's Wonderland ever retired after building 17 coasters. This was the first one that they actually closed, and now it's operating happily in Italy, uh, oddly enough. Um, Yes. But people were sad. People in Canada were sad that Canada's Wonderland had now finally retired a coaster after all this time. Um, Mm -hmm. So to to ease the burn, (laughs) they have added... A little Skyrider portion. Uh, it was. To the new coaster. It was funny. They uh, there was a local Belgian news site that posted a video about the about Yukon Striker, and they said it to be the tallest coaster in the world. And so you had nice. Facebook exploding with people. Close. Uh, Great. Saying <laughs> no, it's dive. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm excited to write it in words, July. Yeah. Oh, look at you. You're going to be the first yeah, to get us to write You're going to be the first yeah. one of us to write it. Damn, uh-huh. Unless, Unless Nick like, sneaks up there without telling us. No Canada plans this year. No. Um, Thank you to my Canadian family. Mac this year. We also have um, Dynamite in Germany 
coming okay. up, which I'm really excited for. This no one is Mac talking Mac about Dipper. this coaster, and we are. I'm literally. This is my second most excited coaster after Max Force. Is this little Mac Big Dipper custom coaster coming to Freizeit Park Plum in Germany, which I visited in 2013? It's going to be like a specialer version of <laughs> Lost Gravity, pretty much. Yeah. It's going to be much mm-hmm. taller, actually. It's only the second installation from the Big Dipper product line. It's Lost like 144 feet tall. That's tall. It's a, it's a big ride. I mean, it's a height. It's got big, impressive moments. Ernegard Antarm Hill, secret. Yeah. yeah. You come off the, the, of time, low the loop. dive loop drop, and then it's got that, again, it's got that tight little circular-esque vertical loop. Amazing airtime moments, uh, both of the lateral trick-tracky variety and um, conventional uh, kidney-busting uh, airtime <laughs> mini-hops. I don't uh, want to speak for, for, for Sven, but I think we all like Lost Gravity quite a bit. I was really impressed oh, with yeah. it. I really liked the ride. I thought Lost and Gravity. And I think it's one of yeah, the most popular coasters out there. I went into Wallaby Hall in my first time expecting to like Goliath the best by far, and like Lost Gravity just came in and like was like, nope, I'm the best coaster here. Like, just completely uh, upended my expectations. So... Maybe Lost Gravity, my love for Lost Gravity and the excitement that I had for that ride and riding it and, and realizing how great it was. Maybe my expectations for the one at Friday Park Plum might be a little high. But the one at Friday Park is fast and taller, which Lost Gravity does do a lot with its height and it, it takes advantage of it and it does a lot with, with the speed. Also, this ride has like no break in it at all. Nope, yeah, Lost no Gravity has course, that nice yeah. intermission mid-ride, mm-hmm. mid-course break, nice little flat turnaround, and then, you know, the, the, the chaos... Uh, reconvenes dynamite it just tears it up and you come off that drop and it just Doesn't continues end. at a breakneck pace it's not very blur it's not very long but right. it, everything it does looks like Short, it's going to be doing pretty well I'm hoping that it will will invoke recollections of other aggressive short sweet rides that I love like lightning rod or like the compressed air launch coasters mm-hmm. in, in China uh, which demonstrate that you really don't have to have a long ride to have an impressive ride you just have to build a ride that fulfills uh, its maximum potential are you going to ride it this year, Sven? Well, the, the, the downside about that park is that it's a bit far off in Germany. So, um, oh, yeah, it's a little bit I, Yeah, so I don't think so. And also, it, for me, it does look a bit short, though. I understand what you're saying, that it, it, it doesn't need to be the longest ride if, as long as it's iconic. But... Um, we could be totally wrong. It'd be, it would kind of suck to plan a trip out there, go all that way, and... If, I mean, yeah. the wooden coaster there was great. Their their GCI Ultra yeah. was fabulous. But mm-hmm. if you were going all that way for this coaster, hoping for it to be something, and our uh, mm-hmm. predictions were wrong, <laughs> that would yeah. Be if anything, Lost Gravity was the perfect first installment of the Mac Big Dipper chain uh, collection, mm-hmm. which makes you really hope for the second installment as well. So, it's yeah, interesting it's how people from America tend to be a lot more enthusiastic about Lost Gravity than the people in Europe. Interesting. Um, People yeah, here, I, a lot of people I spoke to here just don't seem to care much. I'm like, well, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we do. Maybe we just caught it on a really good day. I don't know, but I was like, I don't know. It's pretty well, good, so though. It. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it's a special it felt, line for, for me, Mac. It felt RMC-like, but more interesting. If I it's as quirky, it's different. I feel, like, I feel like we're all kind of used to the Gerslauer, <laughs> your yeah. fighters now, and all of a sudden Mac comes in and that's pretty much... It, it comes up with the same concept, but does it so differently, and I loved it's it. It's like the Eurofighter mm-hmm. concept, but with like improved versions of Skyrush's trains. Yes. But like little miniature versions, and then like this uh, RMC level of airtime design and elements confidence. 
and versions, the wilds, yeah. the banking choices, and and the transitions and stuff. There's a really nice mix of like a lot of the great things that are happening in modern coaster design, all in a very convenient package. I'm I'm chomping at the bit for for a park to actually build one in the U.S. Like, I would love to go to Frysec Park and and ride Dynamite, but I really what I really want is just a Lost Gravity clone somewhere in the U.S. Like I don't I don't that's probably not going to happen. Leave Lost uh, Gravity alone. <laughs> I just want I want it so bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I guess technically, I just I just realized that. Um, I thought Lost Gravity was a production model. I guess Lost Gravity is actually a custom design yeah. of a type of ride that As it stands, selling. according to RCDB, um, it is always subject to uh, alteration. Uh, mm-hmm. It's listed as a custom. But yeah. it's such a convenient little, little block of space. I would think that a park could uh, just decide that they wanted one just like it. I mm-hmm. a park that did decide they wanted just something like everyone else is... Dollywood, who's opening yeah. Dragonfly this year, and okay. their production model, so Vekoma. The, the Vekoma family invert, like, we have a few of those in the U.S. A lot of them are not um, the super, of the super thrilling variety. You've got, like, the, the little rower skater ones. Uh, and then the Freedom Flyer in Orlando, which is the Kvastin from Brunelund uh, clone, which that, I mean, that was a custom, too. That was not a production model. It was, it was built to, um, to, uh, Specifications laid out by Brutalin, and then the uh, Fun Spot Parks Orlando said that looks like a great ride. Let's put that in our park, and it, it just fits very snugly and it's very. My fear it looks park. so like it, it looks like it was designed for the Orlando Park, even though we know that that it wasn't. Dollywood is building um, the the updated uh, family suspended coaster concept that we've seen um, a few places in Europe. Uh, I believe one is at Farouk Summerland in. Uh, in Denmark, I should remember because I've been there. But I, this was. Are you talking about Orkanen? Yeah. Orkanen. Yeah, Orkanen. Oh, there's eight of these, I guess. So yeah, we're on roller coaster database double checking. We're a little tired, so we just kind of need like our, our, our uh, script of details to make sure that everything we're saying is actually. Orkanen is indeed in Denmark. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Far yes, Summerland. Yeah, yeah. So I remember going to Farouk Summerland, but that was a long time ago. Um, so there's this is like the eighth at least the eighth iteration of this ride design being built, but the first time in the Western Hemisphere. So for, for people going to Dollywood who haven't been to any of the obscure little parks in Asia and Europe that have this clone, it will be a totally new experience. It has what looks like to me a great uh, layout. Uh, even though it's a production model, it's got an underground tunnel, which means that, that for all eight parks that have contracted one so far, they all agreed to terraform a pretty impressive tunnel for the first drop of this ride, followed by an uh, a overbank turn right out of the uh, right out of the tunnel. Very sharp looking, kind of egg shaped overbank turn. <laughs> Almost an inversion, but not almost fine. an inversion. But it, mm-hmm. they can't call it an inversion if they wanted to mark it as a family ride. Um, we're really excited. We think this is a perfect, perfect fit for Dollywood. Um, Dollywood does not have an, a a large inverted coaster like. Of any of any kind, they have Wild Eagle, which was kind of their family coaster. their version of. <laughs> if they were going to get an inverted coaster, they didn't. They got the wing coaster instead. So now their invert is this family Vacoma, um, which is the the crown jewel of their Wildwood Grove area of the park, which just looks like a fabulous, uh, beautiful, uh, daytime nighttime multimodal uh, family attraction, kind of similar to their existing country fair area of the park. That's like a nice cluster of uh, different kinds of rides for all 
Uh, ages, all uh, thrill, interests, uh, all weathers, all seasons, um, that sort of thing. So this looks like a really great addition to Dollywood. The coaster being just such a pitch-perfect centerpiece. We always talk about the Hershen Parks as um, being very in tune with what uh, their park rosters need. It's easy as an enthusiast to sit back and say, well, this park needs a giga coaster, and this park you know, needs a compressed or launch coaster, and this, that, and so, but we think parks like Dollywood and Silverdara City really have an acute idea of um, just what their collections need. Never at any point did mm -hmm. I think that Dollywood's collection was ever incomplete. It started out very humbly. Uh, you build a custom aero looping coaster, you're not off to a bad start, and then a fabulous wooden coaster, and, and you know, a mystery mine with dark red elements, and then their first B&M, and it just has continued to grow so beautifully um, and so smoothly. And now they're, they're building coaster number nine, and it just seems to fill, uh, just ticks all the boxes that, um, that might have been left uh, thus far, and... Um, we can't rate the rent. We, we got our season passes at Dollywood Process in the la over, over the winter. Yeah. It was bitterly cold. Nothing was open. Almost. I mean, we got, got a couple rides on Tennessee Tornado, and that's really all that matters. But it was, you know, 30 degrees out. Um, so mm -hmm. we, we were excited to go back for some lightning rod, knock on wood. Hopefully it has a consistent 2019, or as close to consistent as it has ever had, because I think as the problems arise with that ride, they're getting better and better at solving them. It's not, it's not very consistent. <laughs> and I'm going to cut to the last, the last rides we're going to talk about are going to be in California. You know, we're going to end where we started. Um, something that's not very consistent is the Six Flags coaster building for 2019 in California. In fact, Batman the ride at Six Flags Discovery Kingdom is actually further along in its process than West Coast Racers is. Um, they sort of pouring the footers for Batman um, and the supports and tracker in, in the parking lot at Discovery Kingdom. So they're ready to construct their ride. Should be pretty quick. It's just an SNS free spin coaster. Um, they were actually waiting for approval. They they announced the ride prior to getting approval um, to actually construct it, but they got approval and they're already on their way building it. So I expect that to actually be open on time. Uh, West Coast Racers Day just last week started pouring uh, footers, so they're working on it now. Some of the supports have arrived. Um, some of the track is still on its way from Italy. Looks like it was not getting manufactured in the U.S. even though it's a U.S. manufacturer. So that's why the ride is delayed, and there was a slight change to the ride layout as well, um, support structure-wise, which is why the ride is so delayed. Now uh, people are still hopeful for a summer opening, and no summer lasts through, when does summer last through like September? Um, but if anything, it's gonna be late summer, I think, and I don't think we're gonna see like summer break opening. There's just a lot to do. The area is pretty much completely bare still. We're still working on footers. So uh, for anyone hoping to ride West Coast races this summer. Um, I wouldn't be too confident just yet. You never know what Magic Mountain can pull off, but they aren't particularly well-known to get their rides open right on time, hmm. uh, especially with this delay. Uh, it looked like a great coaster, but I'm expecting it to be open prior to Fright Fest, not prior to summer starting, um, even for international vacations. Honestly, when I looked at the video, I wasn't too excited for it, personally. For West because, Coast Racers? Yeah. But, uh, but on the other hand, maybe I'm expecting too much from Magic Mountain because they already have those big, iconic coasters. And then, on the other hand, this is a nice addition to the lineup then. So it's a bit mixed. Yeah, I think that Magic Mountain really wanted to create something that's considered family-friendly that isn't necessarily a super thrill ride. And they kind of learned with Twisted Colossus that they build a racing coaster that they can't race. 
then they learned what full throttle, they built a great launch coast, it was way too short. So I really feel like they went back to the drawing you know, to the drawing table or whatever you call that. And they decided to just combine those two elements, make a racing coaster that would launch and would actually race. And I think that's kind of how West Coast Races came along. And I think the project was pushed because of all the developments right next to that area of the park, like they're building 2,000 new homes. So I think this project was perhaps a tiny bit rushed, just to make sure they have the roller coaster standing before the houses are standing. So mm-hmm. I think for all the circumstances, I, I think it's a good fit for the park. I do think so. I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not as grand as Tatsu works, too. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's a good fit. You said to end with this one, but I think we're forgetting one. We're forgetting one. You tell me. Steel Curtain. Oh, yeah. Steel Curtain, of mm. course. Uh, <laughs> about that ride. We're excited for Steel Curtain. It's We're real, I think it's one of the better looking modern looping coasters. I almost thought it would have been. It's literally physically ugly. And it's, it is a very hard to look at. The track layout looks great. The look, like the actual aesthetic of the ride, is pure vomit. But you know what? <laughs> pure vomit. Whatever it takes to get a sponsorship to fund the ride, whatever. The ride's, I think the ride's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to do a lot of really interesting things. That uh, first drop looks crazy. It's got that uh, with that like, bridge-looking inversion. Uh-huh. Like that, that just went up recently. There's some pictures of that online. It looks pretty crazy. Uh, sorry, I'm really tired of repeating myself. Um, but I do, what I'm excited for in a ride is that, unlike most loopers, it's able to pack in how many versions? Ten Nine. versions? Nine. Nine. Nine versions? Nine. There you go. It's able to pack in nine versions, but none of them are like... A, a, you know, a repetition of the prior version on the ride. Exactly. So it's, that's the great thing about modern loopers is that they are kind of like edgy, but they, they manage to still really stand out. It's not like a B&M where every element is often the same. It's just like there are some brand new elements that we've never seen before on the ride. looks mm-hmm. like the pacing is really well the entire time. I'm actually really excited for the ride. Yeah. I think that's the advantage that it's SNS building it. Because, like you said, we already know pretty much the inversions of other manufacturers. But this one, they, they, I, I feel like they wanted to reinvent themselves. And, by the way, the, 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 um, about the sponsorship. So, I'm imagining that the, the foot, it's a football team that's sponsoring the ride, right? Correct. How big are they? The Steelers, I think, are pretty big. I'm not a football fan. Yeah. I guess <laughs> There's the wrong people here. Steelers <laughs> are the largest, <laughs> arguably the largest football. I guess, well, the Patriots are probably the largest football well, franchise. Well, I guess they're one the of the NFL. largest franchises in the, in they the U.S. they got to be at least the top three football mm. franchises in the NFL. Okay. And how so about West deal, Coast? Especially for the locals. And the West Coast? The Rams. Yeah. Rams, L.A. Rams. L.A. Yeah. Rams and the... I guess we got the Seahawks as West Coast. Seahawks, 49ers. 49ers. Sorry, football fans out there. Yeah, we're just just talking about finances here. We're talking about franchises, stuff that comes up first when you pull a Google search. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm excited for Steel Steel Curtain. Totally. Nice. And um, before we completely wrap up this episode, and uh, we've probably rambled on about all these coasters, for, for quite a bit now. We do have several awesome new um, updates and reports on the website, including a look at some of the um, construction going on at Disneyland Paris, Circular's Magic Mountain, uh, Universe Studios Hollywood, Knott's Berry Farm, and something that Universal just announced two days ago, I believe, mm-hmm. is the uh, Dark Arts at Hogwarts Castle, 
which is a new nighttime show featuring Dementors, Voldemort, the Castle Projection Show, Death Eaters. It's more like another Castle Projection Show. Mm-hmm. It's going to be coming to Universal Studios Hollywood next month or this month even. And it's going to come to Universal Land Resort a little bit later on, presumably after they've opened. Yeah, I think it's like the Red Nights in Hollywood, April and May. April and May, there you uh, And then we'll continue. Um, the press release talked all about it, but it didn't actually say when it comes to Orlando. <laughs> and I think that's partially because of the Hagrid coaster, and they probably don't want the two to overlap too much. Uh, too much. So, who knows? If, Hag- mm-hmm. if, if Hagrid gets delayed, they'll probably be like, oh, here's the nighttime show. Here's a distraction. <laughs> Look over here! If Hagrid opens on time, yeah, the nighttime the show... Yeah, the castle Yeah. If, if Hagrid opens on time, uh, it'll, you know, we'll probably see the, the nighttime show come after. And if you are I interested guess. in the new Glossy stuff, no, literally today, when we're recording this, a couple hours ago, we were at Bush Gardens Tampa, learning all the news. We launched all the details on our website. It is the world's... Fastest and steepest hybrid coaster in America's tallest. Mm-hmm. And if you need and some more fastest. details, it is all located on thecoasterkings.com along with other content. And Alrighty. that will be the episode. Hooray! <laughs> right. That wraps it up. That wraps it up. We'll Let's see you guys soon in episode three. Alright. And we thank you for listening. Have a good night. Bye. Bye bye.